Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome into the Autzen Audible's podcast. I'm Matt Prem, Eric Scopel, Jared Mack on the show. Welcome to another edition of the Spring Preview Series that we're running on DuckTerritory.com. Uh, if you've missed it, we previously spent the entire day talking uh, Oregon quarterbacks, Oregon running backs, and now we're going to go uh, to the line of scrimmage and look at the tight end position group. We've got a full story uh, coverage of this position group going into spring on DuckTerritory.com. And um, it, it's a it's a group that I think there's plenty of talent, plenty of potential, but um, it's certainly one that Oregon needs to do a better job of maximizing its potential. Um, Terrence Ferguson led all the tight ends this past season – 17 receptions, 141 yards, and two total touchdowns. Uh, that, my friends, is not the best numbers for your leading uh, pass catcher at tight end. And But it's one, guys, where I think sky is the limit for this position group, right? Well, yeah, and I think the thing you like is everyone's back. So, you know, there's the second year for Ferguson, second year from Leaky Matavau, fourth year for Spencer Webb. Um we wonder whether Cam McCormick and Patrick Herbert can play a full season healthy because we just really simply haven't seen that from either guy ever. Um, and then you've got DJ Johnson as the wild card where I think there's probably a decent chance he ends up playing defense exclusively or, or, or pri- primarily. So um, he's kind of a wild card. We'll include him in this discussion until we hear otherwise that he's full-time defense. But yeah, no, Matt, you nailed it. Production was the worst it's been in about a decade for the tight end group. Um, eight yards per catch for the group, which is really miserable considering you think about um, how you would like to utilize a tight end, which is down the middle of the field for, you know, think about how Utah decimated Oregon secondary. Maybe you don't want to do that. Maybe that's too bad of memories for, for those listening. But think about how, I mean, how many times was that the case for Utah just down the middle of the field for 15 to 25 yards? Oregon had no threat of that a year ago. And it's not for lack of talent, I don't think, because I really am high on Terrence Ferguson. I'm really high on Lee Matavau. I think Spencer Webb is capable of being a really good pass-catching tight end. And we've seen some evidence of that. But, yeah, as Matt said, not a lot of production, zero touchdowns over the last 10 games for the tight end group. And really no game with more than, I think, 35 yards. So they didn't utilize their tight ends. And, and part of that is scheme. Part of that is quarterback play. Um, I'll be very curious to see um, with Kenny, Kenny Dillingham if there is more of a desire to to go to the tight ends and, and utilize them. Because I do think there could be um, some mismatches, especially with Ferguson out wide against mm-hmm. smaller players. He's a player who has a background at wide receiver. And even Madovau, who's probably the better inline blocker of the two, um, and maybe not quite as fast or uh, capable as a pass catcher. It's like he's shown capabilities of doing that. So, yeah, man, I, I'm in agreement. I think the sky, the ceiling is really high for this group. I think the floor is decently high, but some of it's going to depend on how they choose to employ these guys. Yeah, with Ferguson and Malik Matabao, those guys were both fresh from last year. In terms of, of newcomers to the tight end group, there are none. Um, Andre Dollars, 
was a commit at one point during the 2022 uh, recruiting season, but he decommitted after Mario Cristobal left for Miami and then uh, ultimately announced his decision to go to Washington State, which I forgot what the stat was, but it was their first tight end recruit in a really long time. Um, <laughs> so now they're using tight ends now. But uh, the, the the new addition is is no longer with Bobby Williams as tight end coach, but it's Drew Meringer. Uh, he was a former offensive or passing game coordinator in New Mexico. Uh, he was an offensive coordinator at Rutgers from 2016. Um, he and Dan Lanning crossed paths at Houston in 2015, and then he was uh, Texas's wide receiver coach for 2019-2020. Uh, I think it was. Um, but yeah, he'll provide some new depth and new philosophies into the tight end room. Um, I think that was uh, another another thing that was potentially maybe wrong with the group is that of Bobby Williams coaching overall. Um, and Malik Imadabal and Terrence Ferguson were both four-star recruits. You know, those were great polls at the time. Um, they just were never utilized. Uh, Spencer Webb had moments, um, especially with uh, with Justin Herbert at quarterback. DJ Johnson had his moments during the 2020 season. But it always felt like that these players were never utilized to the fullest. So now Drew Mayringer has that chance to, to do so. 41 total catches, 332, 330 total yards, four touchdowns. That's just simply, maybe it's a little harsh here, but unacceptable for the talent that Oregon had on its roster in 2021. And Going into to spring ball with a new staff, a new offense, a new position coach, um, I, I think everything is on the table here uh, for, for all of these guys. Um, you look at who's the starter, I, I, I certainly think there are a couple of options. Um, maybe the first question to ask is, what do you do with DJ Johnson? Um, he bounced around offense to defense last year uh quite honestly the last two seasons he's had to do that part of that's because of position need part of that at other spots and part of that's because um he's maybe better suited on defense maybe um i, I think that decision has to get made uh he is a tremendous inline blocker for for oregon at the line of scrimmage but can you find that production with somebody else um, the receiver room could also impact this position group, the lack of numbers there. There's certainly plenty of guys at this position that that can play. Um, and, and so you've got an, an excess of depth here. Maybe that bleeds over to a guy or two you know, playing more receiver. Um, but front runner for the job going into the spring, I mean, is it Ferguson? I mean, he led the team in catches, but I, I don't know. I, I think this is one where it could go a bunch of different ways. Yeah, I'm in agreement, Matt. I, I went into, I just wrote, obviously, my prediction, or not my prediction, but my spring preview for the group. And I kind of went in expecting to, to name Ferguson without question the, the starter or the expected starter. And then I looked through the way the season played out. He started eight consecutive games in the middle, but he didn't start the last four games. Those were two by Matavau and two by Webb. So clearly the previous staff wasn't necessarily sold that Ferguson was the most I guess, uh, capable of the group, which I think was a little surprising because I think you, as you ran through in terms of the passing game, he was the most involved for most most of the season. He was the starting tight end. Again, he had eight compared to just six for the other couple combined. Um, 
so, but I, I, I think this is, and again, new eyes of the position group as Jared just ran through with Drew Maringer here. I mean, maybe, maybe they see different, you know, and maybe Kenny Dillingham wants to utilize these guys in different, you know, different ways. But no, I, I think it's a really a three-man race right now between Ferguson, Matavau, and Webb. Um, I'm, I'm kind of, it's hard for me to include McCormick and Herbert based upon their health history, really as, as actual candidates right now. And, and I'm, and I'm hopeful one of the things we see in spring is those two guys are able to, to practice in some, you know, in some part and you get to the off season and into fall camp and one or both of them are, are fully available and ready to play because I do think you will need depth. I think you've got three pretty top, top tier tight ends, but boy, you need four, five, or six, which is maybe why DJ Johnson is forced to maybe stick around and play a little bit of offense this year. But yeah, no, I, I think Ferguson still probably is the one that would probably stand out most to me, and we'll make our predictions later. Um, but I do think it's a real competition between he, Matavau, and, and Spencer Webb right now. It's certainly a real competition. I'm just, I, I would keep DJ Johnson on defense. I feel like his. Biggest specialty when coming to offense was his ability to run block, and I feel like that was more of a last uh, coaching staff, you know, trust that they needed to have in their running game. Um, we're still unsure as to what Kenny Dillingham is planning into doing with his offense. Um, if they're a huge ground and pound, run heavy, uh, like SEC style of play calling, which I don't think they're going to be, then they might want to keep DJ Johnson in that tight end position. But yeah, you know, I, I think. Terrence Ferguson and Maliki Montevallo are going to be the, the two guys who are really vying for this starting spot. Um, I think Spencer Webb is capable. Obviously, he's been in the program the longest, but I think there is a reason why Ferguson and Montevallo were starting more games than Webb were last year. Um, I feel like they are bigger upside and higher or higher floors and higher ceilings than Spencer Webb has been. Um, granted, he's going to come in with competition. It's not like he's going to roll over. He saw these two guys come in last year, and you know he knows what it takes to, to be in competition and try to get that starting spot as well. Um, I just think for the betterment of the team and just basically for the lack of defensive ends that they have, uh, DJ Johnson just providing another body on defense would help more than having him be the third or fourth tight end who only really plays in packages where it's a third, third and one, <clears throat> fourth and one goal line situations where they just need him to be a bigger body. You can do that just by bringing him off the pine in general. Um, you don't need him to only play tight end. So I think I think it's really going to be a race between Ferguson and Matavau. Patrick Herbert kind of makes things interesting here. Is he healthy? Um, where does he fit into the the mix at tight end? If he is um, the hype coming into the program when he was a freshman out of Sheldon High School in Eugene was was pretty high. I don't know if there was the expectation that as a true freshman in 2019, he would start, but it was certainly a, a, I mean, there were plenty of discussions of how many touchdown passes is Justin Herbert going to throw to his younger brother? Um, and it didn't happen, didn't materialize. Um, I think he played a couple snaps together, but it wasn't much. Um, that's another one I, th I think you just – you're curious to know where does he fit? Um, let's let's look at um, some biggest questions of, of of this position group. Who wins the starting job? And then some spring game thoughts here after the break uh, here on the Odds and Audible's podcast. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome back to the Odson Audible's podcast. Um, biggest questions going into this one. Um, I, I, I feel like we, we've we discussed a little bit of it, but for me, it's kind of what's the role of the tight end? Much like the offense, I mean, this is going to be a common theme, mm-hmm. I think, for, for <clears throat> that side of the football for me is just what's their role um, and how is that impacted? Because this is the one position – at the skill spot where there's plenty of guys, there's plenty of depth. And does that maybe allow Oregon to go double tight end more than they maybe want to at the beginning of the landing era because of lack of depth at receiver? Um, what's their role? That's that's what I'm going to be watching in spring ball. How does this team kind of formulate its usage of tight ends? Yeah, I think that's the big one, man. We, again, lack an answer, and I'm hoping by end of spring we have some answers on some of this offensive stuff, or at least I know we'll have a better idea because we'll watch a spring game. But, um, yeah, that's certainly at the top of my list. And I guess just to be a little different, I'll I'll point to, like, I'm curious to see if someone separates. I mean, I think that's another one of those trends for a couple of these groups that are are kind of battling with position competitions of – Terrence Ferguson seemed like he had separated. Again, he started eight straight games in the middle of last season, and then he didn't start the last four. And Madavell started two and Webb started two. It feels like these three are, are really kind of linked together. And I will be curious to see if someone separates here. And and could it be that maybe one of these guys just needed a little bit of a change of, of scheme, a change of coaching yeah. staff to really elevate? Um, you know, I, I could see a Spencer Webb. Maybe he was you know, didn't feel like he fit into the previous scheme very well. And maybe what they want to do now fits better. I mean, we talk about mm-hmm. – um, you know, one of the things that we do know about Dillingham and what he has said about his offense is it's it's going to be based around finding one-on-one matchups and exploiting them. And I think both Ferguson and Webb in particular have at least some history of proving capable of doing that in the passing game in terms of getting one-on-one and, and winning routes. Now, um, we didn't see a lot of it really from either last year. I mean, I hate to say that, but I think part of that was, was schematic. So maybe this is something where the route tree is a little different and it benefits one of these guys more than another. But um, I I think my hope is you come out of spring feeling, maybe not that there is a definitive number one, but that somebody has proven capable of of really taking ownership of this group because a year ago didn't really happen. And I think there's a lot of reasons why, Um, but my hope is that you get through the end of spring and it's like, okay, maybe it's not in ink right now, but Terrence Ferguson or Matt O'Bow or Webb or shoot, maybe one of these other names that we haven't really talked about as much, um, really feel like they're the guy. 
I'm really interested to see just how <clears throat> what Matt was talking about too, just how the overall offensive scheme uses their tight ends. I think that's the biggest question mark we have going into spring. Um, obviously, Eric, what you just mentioned, where who separates themselves? You know, you really have a three-man race right now. I think it's more of a two-man race, but even still, there needs to be some sort of separation there between those two guys. Um, a third question, this is kind of specific, but I want to see what shape Maliki Matavao is in. Because I remember we talked to him before the season began last year, and he was an early enrollee in the class of 2021. Um, he said he gained like 30 to 40 pounds in the offseason. And I'm not saying that he was in bad shape, but I think he was in Mario Cristobal football shape, where he was a bigger guy. He needed to be a, a, a run-blocking tight end. Um, if you go back to his high school tape, he's he's a bigger kid no matter what. He's 6'6". He's listed at 263 on the Go Ducks roster. Um, I just think that might be too much. I feel like if he comes down slimmer, that he can expand his get his role in the passing game as well. We know that Ferguson is like it's about the same height, 6'5", 6'6", but he's slimmer. He's more of a wide receiver in a tight end body. You know, he played wide receiver in high school. He has wide receiver numbers from the in high school from the tight end position. So I'm looking to see just where he is physically, um, how this new strength and conditioning staff have gotten to him. And I think that'll kind of outline how Oregon's new offense t plans on using him for the future. Spring game certainly going to be interesting for this position group. Um, I, I think Ferguson will end up ultimately winning the job back um, full-time going into the 2022 season, but I don't expect a decision to be made anytime soon. Um, and just from a spring game perspective, just real quick here, I, I'm just excited to see what we learn about this group and what each guy, how they fit. Um, you know, Mario Cristobal's tight ends were – were used as primarily blockers, and you know, I, Eric brought up a good point of Spencer Webb. Maybe he just didn't fit that scheme. And and Jared's point about Maliki dropping weight is also another one. Maybe these guys are are better used as kind of hybrid receivers and not your traditional tight end. Mm -hmm. And just learning what these guys have done since the end of the season and and how they fit into the program moving forward will be interesting. And and. It's it's an exciting group. I think that's ultimately where it lands for me is there's a lot of excitement, a lot of potential, and now it's just making sure the staff does a better job of maximizing its talents that you know, didn't happen in 2021. Yeah, I, I made my prediction. I do think Ferguson ultimately wins with the job, and I have Mata Vau as the number two. Um, I think most people probably feel similar at this point. Um, in terms of spring game question, like – how about how many of these guys are able to play on at, the, at this position? Um, yeah. You know, is DJ Johnson almost like forced based upon, you know, scarcity of players? I mean, we talk about depth here because they do have six, which, by the way, I was doing a little pre-research for the receiver room. It's funny that the tight end room and receivers have the exact same number of guys back. It's probably not ideal. Um, but six players back at tight end. You could see only – I could I could see three of them only being able to – or taking part, you know, on offense, at least. I mean, I I think there's real questions about Herbert or McCormick's availability for this um, for most of spring. Uh, we'll get hopefully get some clarity on that early, you know, in the end of the next couple of weeks when, when Dan speaks about kind of where things are set. But 
You know, do they make if they make a determination that DJ Johnson's playing defense full time? There's no reason he needs to fill in in the spring game on offense. Just yeah. to fill in. you can use. Um, I know Cooper Schultz. By the way, we talked about departures. Cooper Schultz did leave as a walk-on tight end, but you could use a, a Tyler Nanny or a couple of these other younger tight ends. In fact, I I can't think of the other walk-on tight ends guys. This is a bad time in the year here if I don't have my oh, no. uh, my entire my entire list of, my, yeah no my entire list of walk-ons memorized. But Nanny was the only other one that came to the mind. But like I I don't if Johnson's playing defense full time, then he doesn't need to play tight end in the spring game, which means you could only have three of these guys playing, and nope. that might not be a bad thing. By the way because that might allow you to really identify which of these guys stands out and kind of make some determinations. But for me, it's like, yeah, how many of these guys are actually able to play the position um, by the time we get to April 23rd? For my, uh, for my prediction, I actually am going with Maliki Matapau. I think, I think he starts the season. I don't necessarily know if he starts the entire season. <clears throat> I think he starts it just because of his bigger physical frame than Terrence Ferguson. I think Ferguson probably gets more reps overall in the course of a game. But I just think Maliki could be a little bit more of a tone setter than Ferguson is. Um, and I think, I, I don't know, I think his upside is a little higher just because of his overall physical prowess rather than Ferguson. I think Ferguson is a much better ball catcher. And I think depending on how Dillingham's offense operates, um, I think Ferguson could be pretty deadly. Um, just because the, the traditional tight end has completely changed in the last 10 years in, in all facets of football. Um, you know, the, you, to, to be able to run block is really important, but you look at the Kelsey's, the Kittles, and then the, the Gronkowski's of a couple of years ago, it's mostly about pass catching now. And if you can do both, then you're probably one of the best tight ends in the league. Um, I think that's how it's going to be with Dillingham's offense. I think they're going to look pass catching first, run blocking second. And if you can get out there in open space, stretch the field vertically, um, I think that that's going to give you a lot of playing time. And that's why I think Matavao and Ferguson are going to be one and two off the pine of Webb coming in third. Um, in terms of spring game, I, I feel like I can answer this with every offensive position group. I just want to see what happens with the offense. <laughs> yeah. I, like, that's what I'm interested in the most. Um, I guess I'd kind of want to see who comes in one and two and who's the starting tight end. Um, although it could all just mean absolutely nothing. Maybe uh, maybe Tyler and Annie's our starting tight end because somebody's hurt. Somebody's you yeah. know rolled an ankle two days before the game. So I don't know. I just want to see how the offense operates. Um, I'm looking for how many two tight end sets happen. I don't really think there's going to be a lot. I want to see how many times they're going to split a wide receiver out wide in terms of like have him have Terrence Ferguson maybe become a full-time wide receiver at points. Um, I think there's a lot of opportunities for this tight end group to, to be, to become something in this new offense. Um, and I guess that all starts in the spring game and just seeing how everything will orient. It's going to do it for us here on the Austin Audible's podcast. Tune in tomorrow. We'll dive into the receiver room and heading into spring football for that group as well. Until then, you've been listening to the Austin Audible's podcast. Talk to you later, folks. Peace.